Amen. Stand and open your Bibles with me to the book of Mark, chapter 13. I'm going to begin to read with verse 28, reading down through verse 37, and talk to you about being left behind, what it means to be left behind. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender and put it forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So ye, in like manner, when ye shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed. Watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight or at cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly, he finds you sleeping, and what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. A special message from our Lord Jesus Christ, watch. You may be seated. This passage of Bible prophecy, if you look at the entire context, you will understand that it speaks of the coming of the Lord. And it, the coming of the Lord has two different parts to it. Number one, the rapture of the church. I believe that is very imminent. It could happen at any moment. And that's why our Lord admonished us to watch. Lest it come suddenly, we not be prepared. So he admonishes us to watch. We know the second part of the coming of the Lord is when he comes back to the earth to set up his millennial kingdom on this earth. He will defeat the armies of the Antichrist at the Battle of Armageddon. And then he will establish his kingdom that will last for a thousand years on this earth before the renovation of heaven and earth, wherein there will be righteousness forever and the eternal perfect state set up. So the imminent coming of the Lord for the rapture of the church and then seven years later after the tribulation, then the second coming of Christ to the earth. At the rapture, he will not come to the earth. He will, he will come and appear in the clouds and the dead saints will be resurrected and caught up and the living saints will be translated and we will meet together in the air meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord blessed prospect we ought to have some shouting going on already you might be quiet this early in the morning the sound of the trumpet the archangel the trump of God, the dead in Christ, rising first. We that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We understand the significance of the time period between the rapture and the second advent. The rapture when he appears in the clouds, the second advent when he comes all the way to the earth to fight the Antichrist, defeat him, and set up his kingdom. Seven years of trouble, a bad time, the worst time in the history of mankind. 
Seven years of ruthless domination reigned by the Antichrist, a man who will be so opposed to anything that's connected with God that nothing would be beyond our imagination in the horrifying things that he would do to the Christians that are who get saved during that period of time. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21 and verse 36, Watch ye therefore, and pray always. I don't know if you've prayed today about the coming of the Lord. We better stop and do it right now. Jesus said, watch and pray. Lord Jesus, help us to be ready for the coming of the Lord. We want to always be watching and always praying. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. The Apostle Paul joins with our Lord Jesus Christ. He too admonishes us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Let us watch and be sober. So we have an admonishment from Christ. We have Paul joining with him. We have the Apostle Peter telling us in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Jesus saw to it that the greatest of the apostles, Paul, and the man that he had chosen to say, you have hit it right on the head upon this rock I will build my church. And Peter was correct. And now then he joins with Jesus and he joins with Paul and he reminds us, let us be sober and not slumber, not sleep. Jesus tells us in the final book of the Bible in chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, be watchful, strengthen the things that remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Who's he writing to? He's writing to the church. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard. And hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch. I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. These are very sober reminders that the coming of the Lord is reality. It is going to take place. Many do not believe that, but it will not change it. Their disbelief will not alter God's plan. Christ is coming back for his saints, and then later he's coming back with his saints. Look at the very end of your Bible. The last two verses of this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. And then the prayer that concludes this Bible, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. I remind you it's going to take a lot of the grace of God to keep us ready and prepare us for this blessed event of the rapture and then the second advent of Christ. This next to the last verse in the Bible that says he which testifieth these things says surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come Lord Jesus. We find there a promise, we find a prayer, and we find a supreme guarantee. A promise, I come quickly. 
He left this earth with a promise that he was coming back again. Now then, this Bible closes to remind us of that promise, that he's coming back. Remember, he says it out loud to the whole world. Surely, don't question it. Surely, I come quickly. Then, soon, might be in our lifetime. It could be before this day ends. I've preached it all my life. For 57 years, I've been preaching, and I've preached the coming of the Lord I wasn't wrong when I preached it seven, 57 years ago that he's coming soon. I'm just 57 years closer to it now than I was then. Amen. Amen. Quickly des describes the nature. He's going to appear in the clouds and catch away those who are resurrected from the dead and are translated off the face of this earth. Consider the promise Jesus made in John chapter 14. And in verse 3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Our Lord's promise is very clear. He left this earth with that on his heart. I will come again. He did go. He did disappear in the clouds. The apostles saw him caught up and received up into a cloud. And the angels then came to assure them he's coming back in like manner. As you've seen him go, he's coming back in the clouds. He will come again and he will receive us. It's a supreme guarantee. God stamps his approval on the entire prospect. This is not a figment of my imagination. It's not just a doctrine that the assemblies of God believe in. It's in the Bible. It's in the words of Jesus. It's in the words of the Apostle Paul. It's in the words of the Apostle Peter. And concluding the Bible, the promise and the warning that he's coming back again very quickly. While they beheld, Acts chapter 1 tells us, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of the sight. And the angel said in verse 11, this same Jesus which was taken up shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go. John the apostle wrote in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2 and 3. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. We know who we are. We're children of God. Now we are the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. What does it mean to be like him? The resurrected Christ, the son of God with a celestial body. We're going to be like him. Verse 3 says, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. This should be our blessed hope. We should cling to this and live by it. No matter what happens to this old body here in this life. We have this blessed hope that he's coming back and we're going to be resurrected and have a body like his, a celestial body that will never be subject to sickness, never be subject to death or any of the things that are discomforting in this life. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28 says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him. Here's a promise to those who believe my message today. Unto them that look for him.
Shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation? If you don't believe this sermon, this promise is not to you. Only to those who look for him is the promise that he's going to appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Glory be to God. I believe it's important that we believe in the coming of the Lord. What he started, he's going to finish. He finished the work in paying for our salvation on the cross. And he bowed his head and said, it's finished. The price was paid. We were ransomed, redeemed. The atonement was made. And now then we have the blood applied to our sins and they're gone. And we're sons of God. It's clear in the Bible that Jesus is going to appear in the clouds for the rapture. That's seven years before the second advent. So when he appears, we'll be caught up to be with him. Not everyone's going. Not everyone will leave in the rapture. Some will be left behind. Let me repeat that. I want that to be indelibly stamped on your mind. Some will be left behind. Consider some biblical events that would parallel the rapture. Think about it with me. Noah and his family were taken into the ark. There were a lot of people left behind. Eight souls made it into the ark. A lot of people were left behind to face the flood. And they were destroyed in the flood. They were left behind. I want that to be indelibly stamped on your mind. They were left behind. That's what's going to happen to you. If you're not sober, if you're not praying, if you're not looking and longing and loving the coming of the Lord. Consider with me another biblical incident. Lot and his wife and two daughters made it out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot's wife looked back. His sons-in-law never left. And so his wife, his sons-in-law were left behind. She turned into a pillar of salt. They were all consumed in the fiery blast from heaven that came with fire and brimstone and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. It's in your Bible. Lot and his two daughters made it out safely. Others were left behind. Lot's wife was left behind. Lot's sons-in-laws were left behind. All of the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah were left behind. That's a biblical parallel to an escape from the judgment of God. I'm telling you, friends, the tribulation is going to be a judgment for the sins on this earth. There'll be seven years. It's going to be very, very trying and very difficult times. Some people will get saved. Thank God for that. Very likely they'll have to become a martyr because of Antichrist's hatred for Christians. Consider one more biblical likelihood or, or incident that reminds us of the rapture. It's a parable of ten virgins. Jesus gave this parable. I didn't concoct it. He put it in the Word and he said there were ten virgins. Five were wise and five were foolish. You'll find it recorded in Matthew chapter 25. As I reviewed that again this past week, and I saw that these foolish virgins made no preparation. They were not sober. They were not prayerful. They were not watching. The five wise did exactly what Christ admonishes us, what Paul admonishes us, what Peter admonishes us to do. They were watching, and they were prepared 
and their lamps were trimmed and burning. And at the midnight hour when the bridegroom came and the cry was made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye forth to meet him. The five wives arose, trimmed their lamps, and went gladly into the wedding. The foolish virgins found that their lamps were out. They had no provision, no oil left. And while they had gone to try to find oil, the bridegroom came and the five wise virgins went into the celebration and the door was shut and the foolish virgins came and it was too late. They were left outside. They were left behind. I want everyone to say they were left behind. Come on. One more time. They were left behind. I don't want that to happen to my loved ones. I don't want that to happen to people in this congregation. I don't want it to happen to my family, to my children, my grandchildren. I don't want any of them to be left behind. I pray daily for this congregation. I pray daily for my family. I pray that God will lead me to people who are not living right so that I can help point them to the Redeemer. I don't want people to be left behind. After the rapture, tribulation, the rise of the Antichrist, it's going to be horrible. Read about it in Revelation chapter 13 when you get home. A time of trouble, seven years, the Antichrist stopping at nothing to try to destroy every Christian. Millions will disappear when the rapture takes place, just vanish off the face of this earth. Church doors will not be open on Sunday. Some will because they don't believe the gospel. There's some false religions that will maintain status quo until they realize they've been left behind. The news and the liberals will try to explain what has taken place. And you'll, if you're left behind, you will hear the explanation. UFOs came and expunged the earth from all those people that gave us a hard time and cleansed the earth. And they'll say, good riddance. The leader of the New World Order will come on television and radio and say, now then we'll have the perfect earth. Another thing that will happen, believers are going to escape the reign of the Antichrist. They will not be here. I read those lines to you from the mouth of our Lord Jesus. Pray that you may be worthy to escape this time of trouble. Pray. He would never exhort us to pray about something that was impossible for us to have an answer to. And so, beloved, when we're admonished to be sober and to pray and to watch, the end of that prayer is we will be caught up and we will escape. We will not be here for the tribulation. A lot of Christians believe that the church is going through the tribulation. And maybe they will because as they believe, so be it unto them. You know, I, I certainly don't envy those getting their prayers answered if they want to pray to be kept through the tribulation. I want my prayer to be answered. I'll be kept out of the tribulation, from the tribulation. Millions will disappear. A world government will be set up. A great peacemaker, a false peacemaker will arrive and he will be called the Antichrist. He will set up a system and cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark 
or the name of the beast or the number of the name. Talk about harassment and persecution of any believer during that time. If they refuse to take the mark, they will be persecuted. If they take the mark, they will be condemned. They cannot be saved. There will be a new world money system inaugurated. Antichrist must be able to control the economy. World politics will change. A ten kingdom state will emerge in Europe that was part of the old Roman Empire and give their power to the Antichrist. He will use that as a base trying to expand his kingdom to the entire earth. I do not believe the Antichrist will rule the entire earth. That will be his goal, but he will never succeed. A world church will be established. Revelation chapter 17, the apostate church. Antichrist will use that church to help him come to power. Then he will turn against that church because he will tolerate no worship other than his own, that of him. He, he will have his own religion. World commerce, Mr. Babylon the Great, in Revelation 17 and then chapter 18, the literal Babylon. No man will be able to buy and sell without the mark of the beast. Affliction worse than any time since the creation of the world and the history of mankind on the face of this earth. Mark 13, verse 19. In those days shall be affliction, such as was not from the beginning of the creation which God created unto this time, neither shall be. It's the worst days the world has ever known or will ever know. Except the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. Well, what should you do if you miss the rapture? I have two minutes according to that. Let me see what my clock says. I got four, four minutes. <laughs> we'll take five. What to do if you miss the rapture? Hopefully you won't need to know. Amen. But just in case you don't take me seriously this morning and in case the trumpet sounds tonight and in case we're not here next Sunday, here's some advice for those who miss the rapture. What to do if you don't, if you're left behind, prepare for the new world order, prepare for a new world money system, prepare for a new world church. Associate only with those who at that moment say, well, I missed it, but I'm going to change my ways and I'm going to accept Jesus Christ and only associate with those who are honest believers. Take the advice given in Luke chapter 21 by our Lord. Be not deceived. Go not after false Christ. Do not worship the false Christ. Be not terrified by the wars and commotions. When you see all these signs, look up. These are words Jesus gave for those who will be left behind. Watch for the signs in the sun, the moon, the stars, and the earth. Distress of nations, sea and waves rolling, hearts failing. Take heed lest you be overcharged with drunkenness and the cares of this life so that that day come upon you unawares. Verse 36, watch. Pray always that you be worthy to escape. And the advice that I read in Mark 13, take heed, be reminded, take heed, pay attention, take no thought or premeditate what you will say. It will be given to you the right answer at that time and that hour. I want to conclude by saying this, do not take the mark of the beast. In case you miss a rapture, 
Here's some, the best advice that I can give you. First of all, accept Jesus Christ. Secondly, do not, under any circumstances, take the mark of the beast. It would be better to starve to death. It would be better to have your head chopped off than for you to take the mark of the beast. Because if you take that mark of the beast in your right hand or on your forehead, you are forever damned. You cannot be saved. It would be impossible to be saved. Don't take the mark of the beast. Well, I want to close by offering an invitation for everybody in this congregation this morning. And I want you to be included. So stand for this prayer, please. Oh, God. Oh, God, help us. Friends, the next few moments are very serious. You don't have to miss it. You don't have to be left behind. If you've been lax, if you've been foolish, like the foolish virgins, if you have not been watchful, if you have not been praying, if you're not sober-minded, if you're not looking for the Lord to appear, if you don't love His appearing, right now is the time to change all of that. Right now. Don't leave this room. I'm going to pray and I want you to pray with me. I'm going to pray a prayer that I believe is for everyone. Father, look down in this room right now. For those who are ready to go, encourage them to be faithful even unto death. I pray that not one will get discouraged and turn their back on Christ and go in the opposite direction. We pray that we'll realize that backsliding is a terrible thing. Now I pray for those who are not ready to meet you, Lord. For those who have already backslidden or those who have never been saved. I'm asking you to take away their sin as there's a repentant feeling in their heart right now. As they're asking God for forgiveness. For Christ's sake, Father, forgive their sins. Blot out their transgressions. Cleanse them. Make them a new creature in Christ. Write their name on the Lamb's book of life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now I'd like for everyone in the room to pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord in heaven, please forgive all my sins. Please forgive all my sins. I'm sorry for my failure. I'm sorry for my failure. I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. I want to live for Jesus Christ. I want to live for Jesus Christ. I want to be ready when the Lord comes. I want to be ready when the Lord comes. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. And be my Savior. Be, be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my life. I accept your forgiveness. Accept your forgiveness. And I accept you into my heart. I accept you in Jesus' heart. name. Amen. Now, beloved, I don't believe that the devil can prevent God from answering that prayer. But I do believe that you need to do something further. We have a little book that we'd like to give to you and a decision card we'd like for you to sign. So I'd like for you, if you meant that and you gave your heart to the Lord, walk down here and some of our workers will pray with you before you leave and give you this little book, Serious About God, and record your decision. You're dismissed. God bless you.